the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Hello again. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, Chris, and how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. It's good to see you, as always. Yes, sir. Lot to talk about today. I don't know if we can cram it all in. Might be tough, but I know you can do it. Yeah, Thanks. we'll give it a shot, right? Well, we don't have a choice. We'll get in as much <laughs> as we can, right? <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to fall, I guess, you know, uh, for most parts of the country anyway. Starting to see some leaves change out there, which is kind of neat always this time of year. And welcome everybody on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area as well as around the nation on Sirius XM Channel 131, uh, XM Radio there, the the, uh, Family Talk Christian Station there. It is Saturday morning, which means, you know what that means, Chris and Bob, it's Open Mic Saturday. Any questions at all, bring them forth. No questions barred whatsoever. We're here to give you financial education from a proper perspective. And let me tell you, I was at I was at a conference this past week, and we heard some speakers that were fantastic. Uh, I actually was speaking and teaching advisors from across the nation some some topics and things, and we heard some speakers that kind of just went the wrong way. And I'm going to tell you about that. There was some just some education there that was just just a little not you know. So we're going to talk about that. Not all that you read could be glitter and gold out there when it comes to the the world of investing and we're going to break that down a little bit so it is open mic saturday give us a ring today with any of your financial planning estate planning tax questions mortgages real estate whatever's on your mind this morning give us a call at 855 rose 123 that's 855 rose 123 or 855 767 3123 well, the markets, what happened this past week in the markets? Up, down, all around, only to slide a little bit, right? Slide down a little bit. We've got a few things that are going on. 
We've still got the hawkish fed pause, which is higher for longer. Yep, we all get that. Okay, next. We've got spiking bond yields, spiking rates. With the Fed moving into a pause territory, okay, now we're seeing rates push up even more. Why? Why is that? What's going on? Let's take a look around the globe. <clears throat> we see a lot of nations around the globe trying to issue a lot of bonds out there, okay? A lot of these bonds had been, you know, issued in the 0% world, and now they're coming due, and they've got to refinance a lot of things, and the appetite for consumption is drying up. So yields are having to spike as a result of that and energy policies as well. We're seeing gas prices continuing to be stubborn, even though the consumer is slowing down a little bit. We're seeing gas prices continuing to be stubborn and even going up. Energy prices, that goes to domestic energy policy. That's on the fiscal side of the house. We've got rates spiking up because appetite is waning to buy bonds. That means in order to entice somebody to buy a bond, you've got to raise the yield on it. Then you've got a bottleneck of energy supply sitting there. And, oh, by the way, Congress has decided to maybe we'll just kind of postpone some economic stuff for us going down the road and possibly have a shutdown coming around the corner here. So, you know, we're not going to turn this into politics. There's plenty of other shows out there that do that. But these are the three speed bumps that we're looking at all of a sudden right in front of our, 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 our windshield when the Fed is getting ready to pause and everybody should be celebrating all of this stuff, right? So, boom, there you go. That's what's happening in the marketplace. And the reason why stocks are getting a little bit of wind pulled out of their sail right now over the last several weeks is simply because when the 10-year note gets above that 4%, 4.5% number I've been telling you all about, watch this for a while, it kind of sucks the oxygen out of the room because a lot of things are tied around that 10-year note. You know, you've got mortgages, credit card loans, personal loans, car financing loans, college funding loans, all tied around that 10-year note. When it gets too high, it really slows things down. So we'll have to wait and see where things are when it comes to that. Now, on the other side, we've got a lot of good positive economic data that's coming out, too. GDP looked good. PCE on Friday came out lower than the Fed expected. That's their number one metric that they take a look at as in their inflation battle. Personal consumptions and expenditures did not come in as hot as they thought it would. The market really celebrated that and liked that in the in the you know the early uh, trading uh, uh, yesterday session on Friday, market was up double di uh, triple digits, very very nice, only to really take a good hard look at the uh, possible shutdown that the government may have here soon. That sent the Dow and the S and P negative, while the Nasdaq held on for a little bit. But you know when all of the all of this and 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 another thing too that came about was Fitch Fitch also announced yesterday that hey look. If you, you know, as far as your credit rating goes, by shutting the, down the government doesn't do us much good. And, and here's, here's – that's what really kind of helps spook the markets a little bit, all these things together. But, but here's the more important part, and I don't know if they get this, okay? Maybe, Chris, call them up there on the Hill and tell them and explain this get to them. Get on that right now. When they shut it down, 
depending on the average number, you know, history shows the average days are usually 35 days when they shut it down. Okay, we've had 20 shutdowns since 1976, by the way. The markets really don't do much. But in this time right here, yes, I'm going to say it's different this time. Well, yes and no. But we're expecting some very important market-moving economic data to be coming out, and that comes from the government. And if it's shut down, we're going to be running blind in the market with some economic data that's coming around, that's going to be coming out very soon, mainly jobs. We need to take a look at the job numbers, okay, and continue to watch PCE and core inflation as well. And so we want that information. Don't shut it down, okay? We want that information. Uh, because that will help the markets. Now, others say shut it down. So anyway, that's that's just the deal out there. That's what's happened in the markets these past uh, past week or so. Um, bottom line here is is as we see the Fed move into its hawkish stance of a pause, it's going to allow the economy to sort of free float, which is what we want, right? We want the Fed out of our rear rear view. You know, we want them in our rear view mirror. Uh, not quite there yet, but we need to get the question answered as to have they raised enough, and, and, and this is the only way to really take a look at it. Uh, looking internationally, you know, we, we, we see uh, other, other nations still struggling with inflation pressures, uh, um, manufacturing output. We've got issues in Germany now with dependence on, on, on foreign oil, energy supplies, things like that. China has come out and said they're going to do a lot of stimulus to, to try and ramp their economy back up. Um, you know, bottom line is this, is stay well diversified and know what you own and be able to identify what you own as it applies to your investment objectives, okay? It, it, it's an interesting statement when I sit down with a, a, a new client and I say, what would you like to try to accomplish? What are you seeking to do? Oh, I want to make money. Okay. Tell me about it. You know, well, I want to I grow this as much as I possibly can. Well, let's break that down, okay? How much risk do you want? What about the tax scenario? When are you going to need to turn it, if, if at all, into cash flow during your retirement years? What about college funding along the way? And, oh, what about the four or five cars that you may buy along the way as well? All of these things are little speed bumps and little liquidity issues that you need to really take a look at. So the answer a lot of times is not, I just want to grow money and make money. That's not the real deal. We need to break down and understand what all these things are about. And then on top of that, you've got fiscal and monetary forces that are pushing and pulling and creating opportunities in the market while, while minimizing others. Understand what's going on. Understand what your investment objectives are. Stay diversified and, to use some Wall Street speak, it's time now to protect VEDA. In other words, take a look at your downside protection in your accounts right now, okay? How much volatility are you willing to have? We think that we're going to see some volatility for the next several weeks and then probably a new, once we get over this last little piece right here, we should see some very good uh, market support happening. Now, history shows that when you have kind of a negative, a bad September, fourth quarter really pushes back up again. We'll see. See if it's different this time. Hope that one's not different, right? You know. Uh, but anyway, that was the deal on the markets last this past week. <clears throat> One other positive thing is the U.S. economy did grow in the third quarter, GDP, uh, 2.1. I'm sorry, second quarter. Excuse me, 2.1 percent. Final reading there, fantastic. You know, we are at historical trend lines of growth in the economy right now. That is great news.
So you've got some of the parts of the economy showing slowdown, some parts showing expansion. Hey, let's open up our phone lines here this morning, Chris. Let's give everybody an opportunity to give us a call today with any of your questions, your concerns about your finances, about your investments, about some of the stuff you're reading and hearing out there on TV. Buy this, sell that, move here, do this. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time on the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is live here in the studio today. Larry. Site LarryRosenthal.com or RosenthalWealthManagement.com and click on Seminar Events. Oh. We are having our next webinar coming up, and it is going to be on October 24th. October 24th, we're going to be doing two sessions from noon to 1 Eastern and then from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern as well. And it's going to be the same thing we did last month and we've done earlier this year. It's going to be on the SECURE Act. And the reason why is because people are saying, hey, we want more of this. We want to understand what's happening now. You know, the SECURE Act really is changing the way beneficiaries are receiving retirement assets from their parents or grandparents. And there are some very, very large and in some cases uh, excessive and unnecessary taxes that could be going to the to your heirs. So we're going we're gonna to take a look at that. We're going to unpack it again. We're going to talk about minimizing those tax expen- uh, uh, exposures to your heirs. Again, it's going to be on October 24th from noon to 1 Eastern as well as from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. It's the same class, 
The, both classes are free. There's no cost for them. We want to continue to deliver financial pro, financial education uh, properly to everybody. If and and you know, last month we had people from all over the country on it. Uh, feel free to go check it out at the website there, LarryRosenthal.com. Meanwhile, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Any of your questions at all this morning, happy to answer them for you. So I was at this investment conference this past week, and I got invited down, and uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, got, got to see some new people or, or meet some new people, saw some old friends. It was It was a lot of fun there. I was asked to speak. You know, I was on the main platform speaking and and uh, kind of a Q and A session. You know, trying to try and and the, the the basis of it was to explain to other advisors from all across the country how we're building financial plans, investment management, and some some advanced estate planning strategies. Uh, I went over charitable giving and and insurance protection and and different things like that, as well as money management and stuff. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about this morning was was some of the stuff that I heard. Some of the people in the audience and I were going, oh, I don't know if, if, if this is correct. And I want to break that down for us. And I came back and I started looking at the fundamentals of some things. So we'll talk about that. But before we do that, let's go ahead and bring Cleveland on from Maryland. Good morning, Cleveland. How are you today? Uh, just wanted to know, um, maybe you can go over RMDs. I just turned... Um, I just turned uh, 74 uh, on Wednesday, and I, th- I, I I thought that if you're still working, you don't have to take the minimum reduction. I mean, every um, you don't have to take the minimums. If so there's there's a couple of rules on that, Cleveland, and and here's the deal. If your retirement plan, if you're still working and putting money into your corporate retirement plan, like your 401k plan or something like that, you don't have to take an RMD on that. But if you have an IRA that's not associated with that business, then you have to take an RMD on that one. Now, what if my, uh, what if, uh, like my wife, when when she passed, she had a couple, uh, I think she had a a Roth and and a little IRA. What's the deal on those two? So who's the beneficiary? I'm sorry. First of all, I'm sorry to hear that your wife passed. Okay, who's the beneficiary? I am. So if if and how old was your wife when she passed? Uh, I guess she was like sixty. Well, she was getting Social Security, so she was born. She born. She died in 2016. And she was born in 1952, so that's the deal. Have you done anything with the account? Is it still in her name? No, I just yeah, because I'm I'm, I'm still working. I figured that when I get ready to quit working, I'll just go through everything and try to figure it out from that point. Yeah, so you could just keep it there, and you you're eligible for what we call the lifetime tax advantage stretch, or you can roll it over into your name as a spousal rollover tax free. Um, I would probably keep it. As a as an inherited IRA at this point until her date of birth actually reaches age of the beginning date, which is age seventy three. So so there you've got two or three options on things that you can do um, mm-hmm. with that, and and I'm going to send you out some stuff that'll explain that to you. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. 
Yeah, let me put you on hold here. We'll have one of our advisors uh, follow up with you next week and get you some information on exactly what your choices are with this because you have a couple of them, and you actually fall under the old rule, which is a better rule than what the what the new rule is right now, okay, that, that passed in 2019. One other quick question, Larry. What, what's the deal with uh, getting rolling one of your, your accounts over into a gold, gold account? Is that beneficial? So um, it depends on what your investment objectives are. So these quote-unquote okay. gold accounts, if you stop and take a look at, at this, the money that's in your IRA, Cleveland, you can control what investments are inside that account, the shelter of the IRA. You can put it okay. into stock, mutual funds, bank CDs, or gold if you wanted to, okay? okay. You can buy gold bars in some cases. And in some cases, you can just buy the price of gold. So by buying just the price of gold, like an ETF that just trades mm -hmm. the price of gold, it's liquid to you. In a lot of cases, you're not going to have to pay a big commission fee to get a gold bar, things like that, um, mm -hmm. versus doing that whole gold bar thing. So, so we look at it this way. Gold commodities, if you will, are asset classes. And there are times to own certain things and times not to own certain things. So if I woke up tomorrow and the newspaper said, hey, this section of the economy is going to do really well, I'd probably want to slide a little bit extra money that way. Or if we woke up and the newspaper said, hey, that section of the economy is not going to do so well, we probably want to minimize exposure or avoid that all altogether. So if you're considering putting gold in your investment portfolio, take a look at what it does and what your objectives are, and look at the economy now to see if it's a good, a good time to put money in gold. And if you take a look at the okay. performance of it over long term, uh, even short term here, it really hasn't kept up with a lot of other types of investments. One of the problems with gold, too, Cleveland, is you can't model it. And what I mean by that is it doesn't pay a dividend, okay? There's no capital right. gains on it. Right. Uh, there's no earnings to it, right? It just goes up and down based off of what somebody's willing to pay you for it when you go to sell it. Right, right. And right. so it, traditionally it's been a hedge against inflation, but that really hasn't held up since the financial crisis in 2008 when we've been printing all this money. So it really yeah. hasn't held yeah. up that much. So there has been times in our past in our firm when we've held a lot of it. Uh, but but not so much at, at this at this particular point. And when we do it, we usually do it through an ETF. Uh, that way, it's liquid, and we can track it, and we can manage it uh, versus bars and things like that. But I can send you literature on that as well. Let me go ahead and put you on a quick hold, Cleveland. Bob will get okay. your contact information, and then we'll get somebody out there uh, to talk to you about all the RMD situations and the opportunities you have. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. You listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, there's, there's financial facts and there's financial noise, okay? And I, 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 was at this, I was at a great session, okay, on tax, uh, tax managed investing, tax, uh, how to minimize tax exposures. 100% agree with it, all that kind of stuff. But when you stack up some people's philosophies and others, there becomes a difference. And, you know, when you take a look at the difference between a basic mutual fund, I'm talking about a non-IRA account now, a mutual fund 
versus an ETF. And I'm not going to get into the differences on how they're constructed right now, but mutual funds tend to be a little bit more um, tax, uh, I should say, have a little bit more tax liability to them because they pay uh, capital gains distributions sometimes, whereas ETFs tend to be a little bit more tax efficient. So there, there, there's a balance in somebody's investment strategy, investment portfolio, when you say, hey, I want to get as tax efficient as I can, absolutely agree with that, but not to the detriment of risk. Not to the detriment of risk. What am I talking about here? Well, if you take a look at, at somebody who says, I want to be in maybe a 70-30% portfolio, which is 70% equity types and 30% bonds or fixed income, some places are saying, hey, listen, you know, put those bonds in your IRA dollars because it's tax deferred. I completely agree with that to a point. If you're looking at the non-IRA accounts, where are you going to spend your money first if an emergency happens? Boom, the car engine blows up. You're going to pull it out of your IRA or you're going to pull it out of a more tax efficient non-IRA account? That's probably what you're going to do take it out of the more tax-efficient non-IRA account, right, for emergencies or for spending in retirement, things of that nature. So you still need to have some bonds in there. So this is an, it was an example of not using bonds in that type of an account or too much of them and putting them all pushed towards retirement, and we're sitting in the audience going, this is backwards. This is correct to a certain point, but not to – receive more risk with it. You've got to have that balance between tax efficiency but not overload unnecessary risk and tying dollars up to way down the road. You need dollars while you're going down the road as well. And so but this, this, this is my point. And it's, it's, you've you got to see all the charts and slides and all that. And I'm, I'm not doing that great of a job in this. But my point is this, is that when you – are sitting down and you're looking at your investments, think the big three, not the auto dealers, okay, not manufacturers, but think the big three. Think asset allocation. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? You want a little bit of money in large company stocks, small company stocks, international bonds, all that kind of stuff. We've heard that preached to us for years, and it's true. Then the next thing that you want to take a look at is your tax allocation strategy. How much money do I have in the Roth tax-free side? How much money do I have pre-tax? How much money do I have in non-qualified tax-deferred or tax-exempt? Four different tax buckets. The IRS views our money through four different tax lenses. First thing, asset allocation. Spread your money around. Second thing, tax efficiency on all of your accounts while you own them. And then when you use those dollars to pull them back for you in retirement years, you want tax efficiency as well. And then the third thing, the third leg of that stool, is product diversification. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, uh, just the whole nine yards that are out there. Strategies, okay, in creating cash, dividend intents, all types of scenarios out there. The big three, asset allocation, tax allocation, product allocation. Do you want to have your money just sitting in passive investments and indexes, or do you want active management? And I'll tell you this, doing this for, for three decades now, you want both. 
there are times when you're going to slide a little bit toward passive indexing, and there are times when you're going to lean heavily into active management and a combination of both. So we have stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, all, all inside of our portfolios with our clients. And those are the big three things that you need to start with when you're taking a really good look at breaking this down. If you want to get any information on this, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or visit our website and shoot us off an email at LarryRosenthal.com. I've got a packet that we can send out that talks about product diversification, tax allocation, as well as asset allocation. It's pretty, it's, it's long, but it's pretty interesting. And this is where a lot of people make the basic mistakes when they're building their investment portfolios. They don't go back and get a firm foundation on all of this stuff. So, hey, give us a call here. We're going to take a quick break here. But before we do that, I want to talk again about our October 24th upcoming webinar here. Uh, we're going to have people, again, from all over the country on it, and it's great. And they're going to be live classes. You'll have the chance to ask your questions live during the webinar. And we're going over the SECURE Act. We're going to be talking about some of those tax efficiencies or, or some of the biggest tax mistakes people are making now under the SECURE Act. We're going to talk about how to minimize a lot of that. We'll be, dis we'll be discussing should you use a trust as your beneficiary for your IRA money? There's pros and cons there, De again, depending on what your family situation and needs are. We're also going to be talking about wealth replacement to move things to tax-free distributions for your heirs, as well as the do's and don'ts of Roth conversions. And all of this stuff is wrapped inside the new Secure Act 2.0 and how to minimize a lot of these, these tax things that they've, that they've burdened us with here. So it's going to be October 24th, two times, from noon to 1 p.m., Eastern, and then from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there. There's no cost for these webinars. I uh, look forward to having you there. But we're going to take a quick break here. It's the bottom of the hour. And those of you that are watching on YouTube on LarryRosenthal.tv, you can scan the QR code and register right there, right off of your phone uh, or your, your uh, mobile device right there. So uh, go ahead and check it out. We're going to take a quick break here. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more from your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's 
thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Call right now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is the number to call. That's 855-ROSE-123. Talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is live here in studio with us today. That's 855-767-3123. Larry. So, Chris, we need two or three minutes in the weeds here, as we do every week. In the weeds? Right? In the weeds? A couple, couple little weed questions, you know. We're going to dive into the weeds here. Um, and and uh, just because... I have allergies. Don't send me into the weeds. <laughs> there you go, right? Um, so, you know, uh, we get we get this question often uh, from, from people all, <coughs> excuse me, all around the country. What do you look at? How do you figure out how to manage? How do you figure out which mutual fund to buy? How do you figure out which ETF or, or whatever or stock or whatever you're looking to buy? So I thought today, you know what, we're going to talk a little bit about in the weeds on taking one data point. There's many to consider, but we're going to take one data point this morning and we're going to talk about it and how it can apply to stock and taking a look at the valuation of a stock. Now, you're going to look at all kinds of things. You're going to look at dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of, of different data points, but this is just one, okay? So this is why we're going to jump into the weeds on the, called the PEG ratio, okay? <coughs> P-E-G, PEG ratio, price-to-earnings to growth ratio. It's, it basically illustrates the relationship, if you will, between stock price and earnings per share uh, and the company's growth rate of that. So the PEG ratio is basically P.E. divided by the company's growth rate. Um, using the P.E. ratio, you can you can uh, it, it makes high growth companies look overvalued relative to others. So you look at one company and you see high P.E. ratio and you look at another company and go, well, this one's better valued. Not necessarily. But by dividing the P.E. by the growth rate, you get the PEG ratios, and it's going to actu- actually accurately compare two different companies together of their growth rates, which is kind of neat because you're always wondering, well, should I buy company A or company B? So a company with a PEG ratio that be- that's below one is considered undervalued and could be a good value buy at that particular point. A company with a PEG ratio close to, right around, maybe a little bit above one is fairly valued. And company greater than one, way up there, is is overvalued. So so it's important to take a look at the peg ratio, and it is one of the pieces of of bricks that goes on the scale in weighing whether or not you're going to buy that stock or not buy that stock. So there's the little uh, quick down and dirty for those of you that like the weeds uh, on on analysis and things. Uh, we did have a question this past week in our office. On, on just this, but with mutual funds. And uh, this, this was uh, very interesting. We printed out an, an, uh, uh, from Morningstar uh, the investment evaluation sheet of a mutual fund, and I started highlighting all these points, and before I knew it, the page was pretty much yellow. 
So there are many, many data points that, that one takes a look at to considering buying or selling or getting in or out of when it comes to all of that, uh, you know, to, to, to make the decision. That also plays on top of, you know, I mentioned earlier about uh, product diversification. Do you want active management or passive management? So this, this kind of rolls into that a little bit, and let me just sort of unpack the, the difference between active and passive, or do you want both? So in the 10,000-foot in the view, active management is when you have a mutual fund management team where they're buying and selling, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, all year long to try and achieve the best returns given the risk level and the parameters that that mutual fund's allowed to invest in on your behalf. Whereas passive investing says, all right, I'm just going to buy the index. I'm going to buy uh, the mid-cap blend index, and that's it. I'm going to load it up with all those stocks in the index and then walk away. That's it. So what's the difference? What's the benefit, right? Well, you've often heard that, you know, only 20% of the, mar of the managers beat the index, right? Um, but it's a different 20% all of the time, which is a really interesting number when you break that down. The, the thing on active management is when you have times of uh, volatility, when you have times of uncertainty, when you have times of, of uh, uh, you know, things going really, really well, an actively managed investment in a mutual fund can lean extra money one way or the other or reduce money one way or the other which can take advantage of economic short-term happenings or long-term themes happening, whereas an index is static. It's just going to get the index no matter what happens, you know. So, so there, is, there are people out there that believe active management out, outperforms passive management, and there's people out there that believe active management does not per outperform passive management. And guess what? Correct. There are years when active outperforms passive and vice versa and uh, but at the end of the day here the most important thing is your asset class selection are you going to invest in small company growth stocks or large company value stocks that's what drives the majority of your portfolio's long-term rate of return is being in the right swimming pool at the right time not necessarily is it passive or active that's sort of the next tier down when it comes to all of that so it's an interesting thing when you when you get out there and you hear these biases of people and then you sit back and you go, but the numbers don't necessarily play out to your bias all the time. So speaking of all the time, the next stage here in looking at this is we have a market of extremes. Our market goes way up and way down. In order to get the true averages of the markets, you need to be invested for the long term. And that's what we want to have. We want to have a steady type of a rate of return because ultimately this is really important when you get into your retirement years. Once you've punched that retirement clock and now you're looking at receiving income from your investments, sequencing of return is extremely important. And what I mean by sequencing of return is this, is you know, just imagine if you retired in 2007. At the height of the market, you retire in 2007 back then. And the next two years, you're down 25, 30 percent. 
that's gonna that could affect your retirement income, right? What happens if you retired in 2021 at the height of another another bull market, and then boom, all of a sudden, 2022 comes? So your sequencing of returns is very important. So the closer you are in time to wanting your money, the more conservatively those dollars need to be positioned. Now, I didn't say the closer you are in time to retirement, the more conservative. No. But usually retirement goes hand-in-hand with wanting income, but not income from all of your sources. And this is where people get confused a little bit. I've seen a lot of people put money in these target date funds, okay, these 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 balance type funds that that have a, a year next to them, you know, a 2035, a 2045, whatever it may be, thinking that oh, this is where I need to be because, uh, you know, in 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 20 what is it, 2025, I'm going to retire, so I want my money to be there. Well, guess what? There's a glide path to make it very conservative by that particular point in time. Nothing wrong with that, but you don't want all your dollars there because. When you're 65 and you retire, you still need money when you're 75, 85, and 95. So you still need to have some of your money in growth positions, moderate, conservative growth, you know, growth-oriented, sometimes maybe even a little bit aggressive, because you're looking 15, 25 years down the road for some of those dollars too because the important thing is you have to continue to outpace taxes and inflation in order to maintain your purchasing power. I noticed that a lot of uh, corporations are offering those target dates. They want you to use those in the 401k. Oh, yes. They're, they're all over the 401ks. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with them, Chris. But you have to un- educate yourself and take a look at the target date funds as to what is this one's glide path versus that one's glide path. You could have a target date fund that, say, is 2030. And today, Company A's target date fund might have 30% of that in bonds. Company B might have 45% of it in bonds. Mm -hmm. And it's seven years down the road. So what is the math behind each company's target date fund? What is what we call the glide path? And then is the glide path a to or through glide path in target date funds? In other words, does it drop to where you have hardly any equity growth at all by that year, or does it slow down, does it decline equity growth but still keeps it and goes through that year? How does it work? What does the prospectus say? Because when you look at the legal document of the prospectus, that gives you the real parameters on what the fund management team may or may not do. So it can be a component of your portfolio, right, with other little satellites around it to build your diversification, your asset class selection, and in some cases your tax efficiencies as well. So there's a lot that goes involved in, 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 in all of that, and it's kind of interesting when you sit down and, and start educating people on these things. You know, But this webinar that we have coming up, it's going to be more on planning strategies, not necessarily the nuts and bolts of portfolio construction, which is somehow we started talking about this today, right? But um, – <clears throat> Those of you that are watching on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv, you can scan the QR code that just came up. It'll take you right to the registration spot. Uh, but we will be breaking down some of the, the issues that, that uh, we've been faced with. Listen, when, when Congress changes taxes, when Congress makes a tax change, it presents opportunity in some areas, and it also hurts other areas. And we need to be informed in how that looks, especially when you take a look at the majority for most people of their net worth is inside their retirement plans. Now, it's your home, business, or retirement plans in most cases, right? 
and now we've had a tax law that's changed that was put in place back in the 70s. And now all of a sudden it has changed, and it has changed dramatically to our beneficiaries. People need to be aware of this distribution planning and legacy estate planning on the effects of it right there. So check it out on our website, LarryRosenthal.com, October 24th, noon to 1, and then we're going to be doing the same webinar again that evening from 6 to 7. Chris has got me working a lot that day, okay? Um, well, you know, you've got to earn the exposure. For that scenario, yep. So, <laughs> hey, we'll take some more calls here this morning. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. To Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Call right now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a call at 855-767-3123. Any questions that you have at all, 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is live here in the studio with us, Larry. First Timothy six eighteen and nineteen says, "They are to do good, be good in ri- uh, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life." You know, don't forget. You know, we we are in the world, but not of it. We've got God's economy and man's economy. We need to figure out how to use. The assets the Lord has blessed us with in man's tools, right? Get educated on these things, and most of all, share Christ, right? That's that's the 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 deal here for for sure. It's all His anyway. Psalms twenty four one talks about that. Amen. We need to get educated on how to use God's tools. Uh, I'm sorry, man's tools that man has created, right? With the b- blessings God's given us. How do you put? income into your portfolios in retirement years how do you do that we've got all these things we've got mutual funds we've got etns etfs we've got annuities we've got withdrawals from cash value life insurance plans we've got stocks dividends interest all different types of things first thing we have is we've got social security 
Are you eligible? What's your amount? Then maybe you have a pension. Maybe you don't. Are you going to work in retirement? Maybe you are, maybe you won't. There's your fixed income that's coming in, right? There's your income that's coming in. Next, what about bonds? Bonds can give us interest income without selling off any shares. That's a good thing, right? So you can use bonds through ETFs. You can use bonds through UITs. You can use bonds through mutual funds, or you can buy individual bonds. We've got AAA-rated bonds all the way down to junk bonds, high-yield bonds, non-investment-grade bonds, right? All of these bonds function a little different than the others, and they all deliver income at different amounts to your investment account, and in most cases without selling off any shares. So you can keep your principal shares there and just live on the dividends or have dividends come in. Now, at some point, the Fed is going to step in. It's not a matter of if, it's just when. The Fed will step in and start to lower rates. And that's going to play out very, very interesting in the bond market because then we're going to be able to have the ability to sort of lock in some longer-term bonds at a higher rate when interest rates are dropping in the economy. Inflation's going down. The interest rates are dropping in the economy, and you're maintaining purchasing power by the higher dividends or interest rates, whatever it is, that you're receiving. So there's a very nice bond play that's coming up. We just don't know when it's going to happen. A lot of people are thinking second half of next year. So are we educated in our portfolios on the right types of bonds that we should have? I was speaking with somebody earlier this week, and they were talking about their bond portfolio, that they hadn't really changed much on it. And we all know last year interest rates went way – or this year and last year interest rates went way, way up. Some of their bonds got hurt really bad. But you could have moved out of those bonds and moved into other bonds that do well when interest rates are rising. So there's two sides to the bond street. So that's another way to infuse cash into your portfolio to extract income out during your retirement. Several different ways to look at the bond market. We need to understand those because not all bonds are created equally. Not all bond strategies are created equally. But if we have the chance to put a slice of our portfolio, 10, 15, 20, 30 percent, whatever it may be, into bond sleeves, into different bond allocations, different types of bonds, and we can harvest, you know, a 5, 6, 7% yield on these, that's a lot of interest that can come into your portfolio without selling off shares. What about a systematic withdrawal plan? A systematic withdrawal plan is another way that you can infuse cash into your checking account during retirement years and replace shares that you're selling off. Here's the way they work. A systematic withdrawal plan is is a, there's a, a type of a mutual fund that's designed for this to happen. It's kind of a balance fund, or they call it an allocation fund nowadays. Okay, where you have a a the the fund the mutual fund itself builds its own core portfolio of maybe sixty percent stocks, forty percent bonds, or seventy thirty or fifty fifty, whatever you you want it to be, pretty much. There are funds out there. And the design here on this is a systematic withdrawal is you take a flat amount of dollars out each, each, each month. Let's say you're pulling out 
$2,000 a month, each month. Then the dividends and the interest and the capital gains all get reinvested back into the fund to replace the shares that you sold off throughout the year. And over time, those shares will grow with the markets over time. These things work phenomenally well. But this is a strategy, and it's a specific type of a mutual fund that does this very, very well. And so when you're sitting here and you're building someone's investment portfolio and you're taking a look at somebody who might be 52 years old and they're saying, hey, I want to start studying, I want to start getting ready for retirement, I want to, I want to save for retirement, I'm really serious about it now, okay? This is a fund that you probably want to start putting allocation money into every time they're making an investment contribution because it'll build up that reservoir of money in these funds that will help give you that stream of income in your retirement years. So kind of an interesting thing there. A lot of people walk right past this and don't realize the value of this type of a balanced allocation type of a mutual fund. Okay? Again, another way to infuse cash into your checking account during your retirement years and still have the ability to replace shares that you're selling off. What about dividends? You know, the average dividend rate in the S&P 500 is about 2.1%. That's not a lot of interest. We can beat that in a T-bill these days, right? So now we've got stocks that are paying lower dividends than bonds, bank CDs, and treasury bills. Hmm. What does that mean? How can we use stocks in that way? There are also stocks and mutual funds that are paying higher dividend yields than that, much higher. Do we know about those? How do they work? You know, there, there, are, there are mutual funds and, and stocks that are, that are yielding 6, 7, 8, 9% out there. Okay, but that doesn't mean that they have a lot of risk to them, depending on what asset class that you're in with them. So again, we're talking about how to infuse cash into your portfolio or your checking account when you're in retirement years without selling off shares. You can also do a strategy called a split-funded annuity. A split-funded annuity is, is they have been out of favor for years, basically since the financial crisis in 2008. They really haven't worked well. But now, with interest rates where they are, they're starting to come back into play. And a split-funded annuity works like this. Let's suppose that you put money into an annuity because the primary investment objective of an annuity is, is income, right? That's the primary investment objective of an annuity is to protect downside so you always have in the back of your mind, I know what my income is going to be. So if you take an, an annuity over time, over life, your payment might be you know, uh, smaller than if you said, I want to take my annuity payment over 10 years. They might give you a larger payment because you're only going to last it 10 years. So now you take about half of your annuity money and you put it into an immediate pay annuity and put the other half into a deferral. So now you're getting a larger income stream today and you take the other half and defer it for another 10 years and it grows back close to what you started pulling out today. And I've got four or five other strategies here, but I'm running out of time here with the show. But but it's important to understand how to infuse cash, infuse income into your portfolios in retirement. 
Hey, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 during the week. We get lots of phone calls and emails asking for information. Don't forget to visit our website, rosenthalwealthmanagement.com or rosenthal.com. Sign up for our webinar coming up on October 24th, two times, noon to 1 and 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Until then, God bless and have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.